How did you think the other podcast turned out? I thought it turned out really good. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. It was a good good look back. I did <laughs> I did delete the um the story about the one photographer that I decided that I better not use his actual real name. Though we said mean things about somebody and used his name, so yeah. what are you going to say? Yeah, and then I can I felt a little bit bad about making so much fun of Bull, but then I was like, yeah, screw it. Screw it. There he is. Hello. Max, how are you? Doing very good. How are you? Fab fabulous. This you're officially the last podcast in the old photo studio. I don't know if I should be honored or uh you know saddened by that well the the good thing is that we stopped having to pack for a few minutes so that we <laughs> it's like an episode of mash it's like the bug out yeah. I mean, like colonel potter is standing somewhere in the newsroom directing clinger to get all the stuff on the back <laughs> of a truck Testing one two three on my mic testing one two three on my mic i'm todd meisner and i'm todd Wilbert. and we're talking pictures Specifically, some amazing sports portraits by Max Gersh, now of the Village Daily Sun. Max is on the line. Max, how are you? Doing very good. So you went from Rockford to Florida. Yeah, I'm not missing out the uh, on the uh, snow, though. You know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm enjoying the uh, sunshine, and we dipped down into the uh, 30s, I think, this morning, on the, which I assume is the uh, coldest day of the winter down here. Did you put the long pants on? No, but my wife turned the heater on, and I was kind of mad about what? that. I was thinking we could finally go through our first winter without turning the heater on, and, but I've been foiled. Where, where is the Village Daily Sun at, Max? So we are in uh, kind of an interesting area northwest of Orlando, about an hour. Okay. So it's central Florida. Um, it's this interesting municipality that's um, – it was, uh, that started out as a retirement development and still is, but, you know, it's kind of, uh, but it's grown. It's the fastest growing place in the entire country. Wow. Um, and so it's taken up large portions of multiple counties and cities and it has um, kind of fingers in, I think, three or four different, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, different cities and uh, probably six or more different government agencies that it's kind of intertangled through. So it's really an interesting uh, location and gives a completely different uh, opportunity than what I had in, in Illinois. Right. And where you said you worked for Rockford. What was the paper you worked yep. for in Rockford? I was at the Rockford Register Star okay. uh, for almost seven right. years. I was just yep. going to say well, the I didn't only know paper in Rockford. Somebody else. Or... Well, they, they do have, they have a weekly there, but yeah. uh I was at I was at the daily for uh for about seven years. Okay. And where were you before that? Newcastle, Indiana. Uh for that was my first full time job after college. You know, I had the internships and was working at a camera store when finally I got an offer from a small paper in Indiana and jumped on it and was laid off ten months later. <laughs> so the you're you're in for the full journalism ride then already. That's pretty Yeah, nice. I, I, I figured I got that out of the way early. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, you're one and done. You don't have to face it anymore. Right. Uh where'd you right. go to school at, Max? 
I went to Webster University in St. Louis, which okay. is kind of an interesting thing because I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and should have, you know, according to everybody, gone to Western Kentucky because <laughs> they would have, you know, paid for my school and all that stuff. But instead, I went to out of state to a private university and racked up debt, and uh, but picked my own route for things and sure. am still employed. So that counts for something. That's right. Exactly. Think yeah. of all the unemployed people who went the other route yeah. and you could just sit up on your high horse and laugh at them. Yeah. <laughs> and did, did you, uh, did you exit Webster with a, a degree in some kind of photography or? Yep. I, I, I did a, uh, had a photo degree okay. and accidentally ended up with a, uh, mass com minor. Okay. Uh, did not intend for that, but Took a lot of journalism classes while there, so well, ended up that way. If you'd said accidentally a underwater basket weaving yeah. um, degree as we, a minor. We would have asked what position in football you played, but no. That's, that's <laughs> right, right. Rocks, we called it Rocks for Jocks right. where I went to yeah, school. But anyway, so the the reason why we call is because called is because you posted for amazing, wonderful, very cool uh, sports portraits that uh, that you know we we think we're pretty good at it here. We think we do a pretty good job, but we've never brought out heavy equipment. We've never gone to what looked to be a salvage yard, and we've never handed a kid uh, a um, jackhammer to do a portrait. So, uh, t- first of all, what was the concept and uh, behind these amazing portraits? Well, first off, let me say thank you. I appreciate the uh, feedback. I know you guys are doing them every week, and Uh, I know it's hard to, you know, continually put out high caliber portraiture that's different. So I know the, I know, I, I know that struggle, uh, all too real, but, um, this kind of came up last minute, you know, it's pretty common for newspapers to do kind of a blown out, uh, football preview tab with kind of some crazy portraiture. And I've done that before where we've shot the entire things underwater or, um, we did we did stuff with fire and all that before um, back in Rockford, and you know you have time to plan all that and uh, you kind of make it work within a budget and just kind of uh, budget. You mentioned the word budget, right? So that's, you, you that, that's budget? an important wait, 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 word. The budget. That, that, the, my the, like, for example, to get to a portrait I, is my budget. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just not when, when I say a budget when in Rockford. That meant, uh, okay, you need – I wanted to do with a football underwater. Well, I knew that I would probably need to find a way to make – you know, it's buoyant. I wanted to make it neutrally buoyant, so I needed to buy a football that I could fill with water. So I spent – what does a football cost? <laughs> yeah, you know, that was my budget. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was my budget. So um, but so then we you fast forward to here, and they said, okay, we want to do something – some portraits for basketball preview. And we thought it was just kind of going to be more of the run of the mill, you know, nice portraits, you know, active portraits uh, with some interesting scenes. You know, I was going to shoot them at sunset because it seems like we have a nice sunset every night of the year here. And, uh, you know, outdoors um, with kind of some some sort of, you know, active pose or somebody could go flying through the air, you know, something. And so we had started researching um and you know, I had first, um, you know, suggested you know before I realized what our time frame was, doing something a little bit more elaborate, but was immediately shut down, saying we don't have time for that. And 
So as the the revised plan, which was you know these just nice active portraits, kind of ran up the food chain. The, our uh, top editor, who's an incredibly uh, visually oriented person, said, why aren't we doing this over the top? And I said, huh, why, why aren't we? And so we sat down with the sports guys, um, with the photo editor and the executive editor, and we kind of went through this um, extra, mental exercise of what these pictures should be. Because I think it's really easy for photographers to say, what are the tools we can do? What's the most interesting picture we can make? And it doesn't necessarily fit a theme at all. And sometimes that's okay, but mm-hmm. they wanted to work within a theme here. So we, um, we started talking about these two high school teams that are really um, – they've been on the rise and they're really you know, powerhouse teams. Um, and they are you know, looking to break records and you know, shatter any uh, preconceived ideas of what they were. And so we came up we, – we landed on this idea of the wrecking crew. And I just kind of – they said, all right, run with that. And so I started um, looking up uh, props we could use for that because all of a sudden, you know, I'd gotten in my head, you know, these, these um, wild ideas, looking at what I can buy, what I could rent. And that's where the budget comes in. I actually, you know, had the support of my uh, publication to spend a little bit of money to make these happen, to get those tools and, and – uh, props for the photos, which was incredible and unheard of in term, in newspapers these days. Yeah. Uh, so I could not have done that without you know their support. And then I spent probably an entire day just out location scouting and schmoozing with uh, a salvage yard owner, and he's driving me around on this giant tractor off-road, and I'm standing on the edge and looking, saying, okay, we can use that car right there. And, um, you know, it, but yeah, it was kind of just once we came up with a theme, they let me kind of run wild with it and told me that it was these were going to each run individually full-page vertical portraits. Wow. I said, all right, wow. well, now I can't screw up. Yeah. I, I, you can't screw up because if you do, everybody's going to notice it. That's um, So it was, it was high pressure. I had about a week from the moment – I want to say about a week, week and a half from the moment that we decided the theme to actually have it done and – it was a stressful week, but I enjoyed yeah. that. I enjoyed the pressure of making it work. Now, were you shooting other assignments too then, or did they kind of let you just stick they, on this? I, I had a few. Mm-hmm. I had a few here and there, but for the most part, I was 100% you know, mm-hmm. uh, dialed in on this and making sure I – mean, I mean, you know how it is. Sometimes just trying to get uh, the scheduling done. You know, oh, trying yeah, to get kids. a oh, get a hold terrible. of these high school players and their coaches and their parents, and yeah. you know, everybody's got a life that doesn't revolve around you, and you yeah. have to uh, find what? a way to, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. You have to make that work, and yeah. so it was really, it was, it took a lot, of, a lot of time of my day just to get everything lined up, and by the time we were shooting them, um, we were shooting them all at dawn or dusk and we shot saturday sunday monday and tuesday and it went off to the press on wednesday because wow. uh, it was running on friday and thursday was thanksgiving so we oh had no uh, no room for error everything just had to you know run perfectly and we got lucky that it did and everybody was super uh, accommodating right so so for the people who are listening that haven't seen them yet and 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 um we will give we will post a link as to where everybody can sure. see these but 
there's a there's a young lady inside the hood of a junk car with a gigantic monkey wrench. Monkey I don't know wrench. what it'd be. A, yeah, like a plumber plumber wrench. It's yeah. a, like a pipe wrench. Yeah, pipe, yeah, wrench, pipe yeah. wrench. It's, it's bigger than she is. It's and, it's two feet long. Wow. Oh, wow. And then we have a young man with uh, bolt cutters and some chain amongst some. Uh, uh, it's like metal building studs. Yeah, yeah. And then we have a young lady with um, with a jackhammer on top of a rock pile. And then a young man wielding uh, a... a um, Flaming sledgehammer, it sledgehammer, looks like. Sledgehammer, that's the word. And I'm then uh, yep. he's bursting through uh, the remnants of a, a concrete wall that I'm guessing you put together because that's yep. not how concrete walls go together. Now it's we visually did that very cool. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. So I was well. Go ahead. Oh, how did you determine which kid got to that? Which prop? Um, we kind of left that up to the sports department a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, there there was some conversation back and forth about who was going to be holding what, and um, you know, what maybe more some of the star players. Uh, you know, there the um, there's a couple of two of the players are, uh, are signed are signing for D1 wow. uh, or will be. So you know, we wanted to maybe give them a little more uh, prominence, but you know, we were trying to just make them all look like superstars. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, we kind of just discussed it pretty casually, and um, for whatever you know, one of like the one under the uh, they're with all the metal and the bolt cutters. That's actually that's just under the bleachers at one of the schools, oh, and brilliant. and the uh, so we didn't want to have the kid from one school being shot under the bleachers at a different school. So we just figured it was easiest just to get the kid that was at that school there. And so you know we we tried to there was some some effort made to make them not have to drive terribly far. Mm-hmm. So uh, we tried to shoot the ones that were for each school in their own town or close by. Um, so that that was some of the thought, but it really wasn't. Um, I don't know. There wasn't necessarily any rhyme or reason specifically behind it. Now, did did the kids buy into it? Because I know, I mean, I've had like really good ideas kind of die on the vine because the kid wouldn't buy into it, and then you know he was just going to stand there with the same dumb expression on his face no matter what I did. Right? Um, did they buy the, into it? Yes, um, they they did, but you know. We had to warm them up. Yeah. So um, I'm pretty comfortable, you know, being a clown myself. Sure. So, like, the first one we shot was the girl with the jackhammer. And um, we're out in the middle of a field at night. The mosquitoes are just eating us alive. And these suckers are big enough that we thought they were just going to lift us up and, you know, fly us across town. So, I mean, it's a, it was miserable out there. And we're having technical difficulties. Uh, you know, when you're in the moment, you're trying to troubleshoot. Um, and I'm wanting this girl just to like loosen up and give me that mean face. And so I'm having her just like screaming at the top of her lungs out in the middle of the field. And for her <laughs> to get her doing it, I'm doing it first. Yeah. And um, you know, and it, it took some coaxing, and she was she was really good about it. And uh, you know, some of the other ones took a little more coaxing and you know i their coaches or their parents were there and i got you know used peer pressure we i had help from a couple of the other photographers here um and i had them kind of help peer pressure Mm -hmm. and um they bought into it 
and the other thing, I you know, I don't always like show the subject, the picture I'm taking. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, there's different thoughts on that. But when you're working with kids and you're doing something as obscure as this and you're out in a, a salvage yard in the middle of the night and you're putting grease on somebody's face or, you know, and it's like oh, yeah. you want them to understand why. So I would take a couple test pictures and say, here's what we're doing. And once they say, oh, that's really cool. And then they start to kind of um, – Loosen up and kind of, yeah. So you know, some I think it's with any portrait or anybody. Some people are going to work with you more than others, and uh, I was pretty fortunate that we were able to get a pretty good group of kids, and you know, we were able to get them to to buy into it. From a from a technical standpoint, what did you have to bring to light these? We're 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 Um, we're we're sitting here staring at the uh, the jackhammer one, and um, yeah. So I mean, it's, you look. Do you have a smoke machine going on back there? And no, I, we, I found this in a what? drawer here. Somebody used in a in a previous photo shoot. They have these like they look like you know aerosol like spray paint cans, and it's called it says atmosphere on it, and they're like cans of atmosphere, and you spray them, and they just make it's just cans of fog. Um, like George Jetson shit. I was going to say we got to get some of that. We got to get some. We got to get mean, some. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was literally called it was literally called atmosphere. Huh. And so I, and um, so we had. I just grabbed those from this from our prop drawer, um, and we had for that one. I was mainly using alien bees to light these, um, and I, that one had. If you're looking at the subject, uh, the, uh, there was a light with a, a bigger softbox on the right, one with a kind of a strip softbox mm-hmm. on the left, and a little behind her. And then a light kind of with barn doors way in the back, just aimed back up. Um, and we had a light kind of right below her with um, a purplish, bluish gel on it okay. that that was just a speed light that ended up just not re- – I was hoping to kind of get the uh, kind of this uh, bluish fog. But the way the wind was blowing, it just carried the fog straight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, away from her, and then we had the light behind her just backlighting all of it, and I ended up liking that anyways, and you didn't you didn't even notice. I mean, you can, if you look really carefully, you can kind of see this kind of purplish hue on her legs, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you wouldn't even know it was there, um, but we actually, we were having issues, you know, as you do, everything works fine until the moment, and we had a uh, pocket wizard trouble. Oh, no. And one of the lights, you know, one of the alien bees wasn't firing. And um, so we ended up actually using a speed light to trigger just pointed right at the back of the alien bee to give it an optical slave. And so we were using the speed light as a trigger for a uh, studio light. And we were running all of those off of – those lithium battery packs that they have for those, which I had never used before, which are, then they're fantastic. Yeah, the little Vagabond so, minis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we would we pretty much shot until we drained the battery each night. Wow. Where, where, so did any, did you get any of them early, like fifth frame, boom, we're done, but I shot for another half hour and then the rest of them are kind of just okay? Or how many of these did you get in like oh, second to last frame? These are this is this finally the girl well, loosened up enough. Well, with the ones 
It was interesting because you know some of them were not like the the girl with the jackhammer wasn't dependent. She did such a great job. She was good in all the pictures. Oh, okay. um, but then you would have we had two you know for example two of the lights running off one battery pack, and you try and you know you fire quickly and you know your one light fires and the others aren't, and then the other lights fire, and so you had to kind of slow down because half the frames it seemed like when you get too carried away with it, yeah. you know you have only half lit. Um, the hardest one, and that we probably took the fewest frames of, was the one underneath the bleachers um, because it was actually a 10-second exposure. Oh and so because we were – it's hard to tell in the frame that we ended up going with because um, we were trying to you know use steel wool and throw sparks. And you can see the little streaks of red through it, and that's what that is. And we had some that had too many and some that had too little and some that were just kind of obscuring his face and – um, we ended up, you know, on the one we chose, but really, you know, um, when you think about that one, you had to, you started the exposure and I had the pocket wizard in my hand. I was counting so I could fire the light right at the end of the exposure and somebody else was, you know, throwing the sparks. And then every single time you had to put a new piece of steel wool, get ready and, you know, kind of reprep everything. And the kid had to stand, you know, more or less perfectly still for 10 seconds making, you know, that face. So his was, I, well, maybe looks the simplest was by far the hardest to actually shoot and light. And we were, you know, working in the dark under the bleachers and kept running into metal poles and, you know, just trying not to knock ourselves out. And it was, that one was challenging. What was it? What did you use for your acceler or your fire? I've used rubber cement before. Usually burns yep. really well. What'd you use? That's the same thing. Oh. Yeah, we and we tried that. You know, we were we. I'm always careful with that. I know it burns off quickly and in a pretty controlled way, but you're still dealing with um, kids, a high school kid. You <laughs> yeah. know, you, you don't, don't want, want to be the to responsible reason that he's not throwing a spiral anymore. Or, yeah, right. So we we um, started out. Uh, just putting the rubber cement just on the head of the hammer, like just on one end of it, and it just wasn't enough. So then we kind of coated the entirely top of the hammer with rubber cement, and we'd get a good 10 to 15, maybe 20 seconds of a good flame on that and um, just had him screaming. And that one we had uh, – we were using two speed lights and two alien bees and um, – it was, you know, the pro again, you have the problem where lights aren't refreshing at the same rate. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was just the same old tricks we, you know, that all of us have probably used, um, just reimagined, I guess. Yeah. The, uh, the, when I think of rubber cement, I think of the, the, we will not be using rubber cement in the new building, uh, to light things on fire. Well, inside, because in the, in this Sprinklers. one, there's no, I don't know. It's a, you know, in this building, I had, uh, I've had uh, flaming volleyballs oh, yeah. and flaming baseballs inside. Um, we, we probably won't do that in the new building under new management. Right. I'm sure that there's some pol company policy that says you can't light things on fire in the studio. So we'll be, we'll be, uh, we'll have to take our flaming things outside. We did we did it in the basement in Rockford with a football and there was, you know, a cement floor, you know, unfinished basement. And um so if they dropped something on the ground there, it wasn't gonna catch anything on fire. And um 
but here we were we have um our our press is off site and they have this large kind of warehouse building with loading docks and all that and we just asked them if we could borrow one of the loading dock spaces and that's where we built our cinder block wall and by the way you can fit 30 cinder blocks in the back of a Subaru, but I would not recommend oh. it for your suspension. My car did not like that, <laughs> but it did it did it did move them. Wow. It's it's really well done and I love how uh the cinder blocks are kind of rimlet. Was there any thought of him like having him swing the hammer or is that just too much too much difficulty? There was um we thought about actually having him like smash the wall. Mm-hmm. But the problem was you have to get that the first time, right? Um, because if he if we if we miss it or he's blinking or you know something, oh yeah, then we're out of our cinder block. Yeah. Um, so we we took we were kind of careful about you know how we br- we broke the certain ones and pieces so we could uh, make it look like he had you know um, knocked through the wall already, mm-hmm. but. Um, we in an ideal world yes we would have had that but it just well yeah that's uh i mean i I don't blame you at all for doing it that way i just thought you know boy would you know that'd be a cool shot but again yeah the odds of success are probably pretty low well and that eye protection yeah well and just having a wife who's an insurance agent all i could think of was where the pieces are going to hit him in the face when he hits it with the right and you don't want well, to and that's a, goggles or something. That's something that we also, you know, we we put we wanted an element of like, you know, dirt or you know, on these kids, you know, the you know, so we we wanted to we're like, oh, we should put some concrete powder around. And we're this is outside and we're thinking about it and I said, "Well, we're going to get buy a bag, you know, 50 pound bag of concrete powder or whatever, you know, mix and it's like just to spout, splatter some dust around. We're not going to really be able to clean it up, and then it's going to rain, and then what's going to happen? <laughs> Plus, it's probably not good to breathe that in. So we ended up uh, – my editor made a mix out of you know edible ingredients to, um, to kind of mimic dust and dirt. And uh, so we, we, in all of the photos where you have some of that element, none of it is what it appears You know, on the girl that's in the hood of the car – it looks like there's you know, motor oil smeared on her, and it's all you know a makeup product or something. And um, that one is my favorite. That, that one's my favorite. Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, he's, we're talking about the the girl in the car, um, and how how talk us through lighting that because it looks like you get a, a light on some of the junk cars in the back, or yep. or maybe you're just fanning it, feathering it, and then is, we is had, she strip box or we had. Two lights. Trying to remember that mm. we had two lights on the fr- on her. So there was the main light was our larger softbox, which is not you know huge. It's just probably a you know a full rectangular box, um, kind of from the from the front left and up high. And then we had a the narrow strip box behind her on the right a little bit. And then I set up a light, actually just set it on one of the cars in the back um, and angled it just so we would get those that reflection off the uh, the other cars in the background. Because, you know, you wanted to see some element of where they are oh, yeah. without, you know, distracting from the subject itself. And it was kind of – it was difficult because we're setting all this up right as the sun is going down and everything is changing. Um 
So you're dialing it in just to get an idea, and then you know you're going to have to reset everything in about 10 minutes and then reset it all again in another 10 minutes. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a three-light setup, and we were originally going to have uh, the main light really – You know, we, I wish we had like a boom arm, but I was just going to have one of the photographers hold it more above her, mm-hmm. uh, but ended up not needing to do that. And it, the wind started picking up and we just needed to secure stuff down. So we weren't losing equipment. So you didn't put one in the, in the engine compartment. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. Okay. Huh. So that's that was a trick light? question. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, so I, I used, that was a speed light in there and I use, um, I just used a Gary Fong, uh, I don't know what it's called. Those little collapsible things that look like a soup cup. Yeah, the light dome. The yeah. Dome. Yeah. Um, I have one. And Mize is a believer. You know, I, 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 no, I'm not a believer. I don't use that. Don't, don't I call don't me a Gary. Hold on, hold on, Max. He, <laughs> don't call me a Gary Fong believer. I own one. I, 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 I've used it on occasion, but I don't. Um, I don't call me a Gary Fong believer. believer. Just, just. Just accept it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and is that is that more you know, of the atmosphere stuff sprayed in the? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, it's sprayed in the engine. I gotta get. I gotta, I gotta get some of that. You gotta man. find that stuff. It would have cool. made my bowling portrait much better today. <laughs> Are you <laughs> setting the ball on fire? No. It was a goal. It was I, not to digress from the more interesting conversation, but very nice girl. She's a bowler, but when you shoot a bowler at ten o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. she's at school with her bowling ball and her bowling stuff and you know, their gym classes. And so you can't really replicate the, the use the gym to replicate the, 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 the lane. So the athletic director suggested we go into the room where they have the big Rocky flag okay. and it was her and me. And what is essentially a, an eight by 10 room. And, you know, you can only back up so much and, you know, the I two light. It was one one light on the background and one light on her, and then a ref, a reflector to fill in on her. And um, I'm thinking about this atmosphere that I could have, you know, I could have had the smoke coming up behind sexy her, and that would have really sexied up. And I'm not sure how Rocky would have felt about that having their <laughs> one of their having offices having their yeah. But anyway, I digress. Hey, Max, of these portraits, do you have a favorite? Ah, uh, that's a hard question. Um, I really, my, I think, yeah, you know, I think we all become attached to photos for different reasons. One, you know, if we like one bit the way it was done, or you know, sometimes we fall in love with the process, mm-hmm. um, or know how much work we put into one. I love just the fact that all how all of it came out. I really like, um, if my favorite probably is the jackhammer shot, just because yeah. it's kind of looks otherworldly. Um, and actually, in the printed edition, you can see one of those giant mosquitoes in the picture. That, you know, <laughs> it printed large enough. But um, the uh, never had know, to the, deal with that in Rockford, that, did you? Not like this. Yeah. Um, but you know that that one I really like, and I like how I just love how that one came out altogether. Yeah. Uh, the flaming sledgehammer one is fun. Um, you know, the other two. I, I like a lot, um, but I also know what I like for the the one under the bleachers with the bolt cutters. I know what I wanted and what I envisioned in my head, and it's just impossible to control, okay. uh, like the sparks flying and everything and the way we wanted to. So it didn't come out. I, I like how it came out, 
but it didn't come out the way I had envisioned. So I think I'm left kind of wondering what it could have been if it did come out the way I envisioned. Um, but those, the other two, you know, are those, um, the sledgehammer and jackhammer are probably my two favorite. What would you do differently? Photographers have a tendency to kick themselves. Uh, you know, they find the smallest of mistake that they did and then it kind of gnaws on them. What are you, what are you going to do differently for next year? You know, I think the biggest thing that would have helped would have been to have um, more time to like kind of dial this in. Maybe, I mean, I say that, but then we tend to procrastinate to the last minute anyways. But, um, you know, one of the other, this is, may sound silly, but one of the other things that I'm still, I was still struggling with a little bit was I'm a lifelong cannon shooter. And when I came here, I got a, a Nikon put in my hand. And so there was still some uh, learning curve on like what um, on how on, on how I was using the camera, and it slowed me down just enough to um, you know something that might have been muscle memory before. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm past that now, um, but I was still kind of on the tail end of that. There's other things that um, if I could have had hard wire power to some of the lights rather than running off battery packs for some of them. It would have helped. Um, yeah, you know, maybe actually, I might, you know, if in certain circumstances, use a fog machine rather than those cans of atmosphere, because we could have just had that continually running rather than somebody run in, spray the fog, and then run out of the frame. Um, you could just have something constantly going. Um, you know, there's there's little things like that, but I, you know, all things considered, I was pretty happy with the execution and the the technical aspect of things and um i thought they turned out great i was you had kind of teased it on facebook so i was ready willing and and uh i was excited about seeing what you came up with and i i i thought they turned out great i mean we you know like i said at the beginning i mean we it's a rare thing to be able to have this much time um, to be able to to put together something like this, and and sure. uh, you know, you took advantage of your time, and I thought you did a great a great job. Absolutely. I mean, you kind of raised yeah, the bar. Um, yeah. I, I, now I feel like we need to do something like Got this a, next yeah. year. Player of the year. Yeah. The um, well, I the, mean, that's that, that's the best thing is to is having a photo a supportive photo community where we're kind of competitive in a good way. And we do push each other, and we see something that's been done, or we, you know, come up with um, an idea, and we can use something that we've seen somewhere else. You know, Lord knows I'm not the one that came up with, you know, using rubber cement to, um, to you know, use a, a flame on a on an object, but I was able to use that because I'd seen somebody else do it at some point in time, um, and we you know, we were able to implement that in what I'm doing here, and. I'm, but I, I really am uh, privileged to be where I am right now that's allowing me the time and resources to do some of this stuff because I know that this – you know, ha- the access to um, materials to do some of this wouldn't happen at other papers because you had to spend money to make it happen. Oh, yeah. So how many photographers work at the Villages? So Daily we are – that was terrible. Uh-huh. That was a terrible question. I answered it. I it's like the village is 
daily sun. It's been a well, long week. Just, you're you're just a. It was a dramatic pause. That's, there yeah, go. there you yeah. go. Sorry, folks. We ha- our photo staff here is seven, and then we have our separate video team, which is another four. Okay. But we all kind of fall under the same, you know, visual umbrella. Oh, big But yeah, we have. Uh, depends what time of the year. Um, yeah. Does um, that coming from Rockford? Not not to disparage Rockford, but coming from where you came, do you feel like you've landed on another planet? Yes. And not for the reasons that you may expect. Like, I loved working in Rockford. I loved working at, at the Register Star um, and the people that I worked with there and the opportunities I had there um, and the community. But this is just... It's this is literally unlike any other place in the country, and the the community is growing, the newspaper is growing, and they're adding more and more people to the staff, and that that alone is something that is um, makes me feel like I landed on another planet because in what world are newspapers growing anywhere else in the country? Yeah. Um, so this, I, I don't know what our circulation number is, but I, I, I remember them saying like we're the sixth or seventh largest paper in Florida. So we have a lot of people in Florida. Yeah. So we have. I mean, we're we're a we're a competitive newspaper, you know, mm-hmm. and we have um, we have a good sized staff to really bring. Uh, the coverage that the community deserves, which, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen it too, where you, you these a lot of these uh, papers get uh, downsized to the point that they're not necessarily doing the service to the community, no matter how talented the staff is. You just can't cover it the same way you used to, and uh, it, it shows in in the work that everyone you know ends up doing, and you, because you don't have the time. Um, so it was really it was absolutely a um, another world to come somewhere where to where I do have you know I was coming from what had be when I what had become a photo staff of two um, in Rockford to come to a photo staff of seven and having just that camaraderie and people to bounce ideas off of is so valuable. Yeah, we talked about that in the last podcast. Was that the the thing that that people miss the most after they leave here is the to being as Todd said it the being the company of photographers because when you work yeah. by yourself then you you tend to kind of crave it. So the uh, speaking of serving the community, I know that when we do our athlete of the the month or the excuse me athlete of the year or for the season the players of the year um, for a different sport. The the reaction is always really positive. That they were it's a huge picture. It's toned uniquely. Um, the athlete gets front and center, and then the the, the kids that are uh, you know also on first team or second team or whatever their headshots run below. And the and the public usually goes crazy to the point where if we're if we're because we're a little behind schedule now because we're in the process of moving. We just had our first fall player of the year page run today, which is probably almost a month off where we normally would get, have gotten it done. And they'll start coming out subsequently after this. 
but there was a clamor like when when are the player of the year pages going to come out so uh it's great to get that feedback and know that the extra effort that you put for your readers um you know comes back with them appreciating it um did did you get a big um feedback from uh the community after this project you know it's kind of I've I've heard a lot of positive stuff, and most of our interaction actually comes through you know the the company's Facebook page or social media, and they loved it. And I went I've been back to some of the schools for completely other things, and they say, "Are you the photographer that took those basketball pictures?" And I said, "Yeah." And they go, "Oh yeah, those were great. You know, we, we're gonna you know frame those and do this or what you know." So you hear. Um, you hear the positive reaction. I don't know that you know. I haven't actually uh, been at to, back to a basketball game to to like be around the people that would probably eat this up the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I all I've heard is you know positive reaction, and you know more importantly, I, I shouldn't say that, but you know equally as importantly at least is the reaction I hear from the photo community of the, especially the people I look up to. And, you know, when you know, when you catch the eye of um, when you work, when you work so hard on something and you catch everybody's eye with it, it's really rewarding. And it just it's not it's not to, you know, sound braggadocious or anything like that, but it just is it's kind of that. I I had I had a photo teacher in college and he said, you never you should never make pictures for me. You should make them for yourself. You know, that's when, you know, you're going to you're going to feel good about the pictures you make for yourself. Um, And you do that. You go your career doing that and you make them the way that you want to make them because it's your vision. But at some point in time, it still feels nice to have the people that you look up to, that you admire, that you aim to be uh, to say, hey, you're doing it right. And uh, I heard some of that. And that was. You know that was reinforcement to keep keep pushing me forward and keep me from becoming complacent. That you know now I've got you know you said the bar has been raised. Well, it also has been raised for me because now what do I do next time? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> yeah, it's, it 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 really it was a great series and it really puts the idea of that. You know we've um, I just the logistics of getting kids to a location shoot. Mm-hmm. Is, we thought about we played yeah it, it's know. just it's that it's getting we still have one kid who shall remain nameless she's a wonderful young lady but she will not return our messages to come for her portrait and she's the player of the year but yeah. she's she's i mean it's not my decision i mean she's not going to not be the player of the year but it's gonna i mean her page is going to run for a long isn't going to run until that picture is is captured toned and ready to put on the page and it's just like, you know we've I mean, had you know we've had other cats we've had other player of the year things where the you know the kid shows up without his uniform and the you golfer know, right? shows up the without his golf shows clubs. up without his golf clubs or the cross-country kid who shows up in the jeans and the t-shirt you're just like you know come on man the, yeah. lo- the logistics are always the hardest part of these oh yeah and you know we had we had one kid the first person we shot was on Saturday night and I, I want to say we wrapped the shoot about seven thirty eight o'clock something like that um, 
and we were going to try and do them the next one the subsequent night. So, uh, but the kid ended up having a a um, prior commitment that night, so we had to shoot it in the morning. So that was the one. The next one was the one with the cinder block wall. So we had to be out. The sunrise is what six six thirty, and we had to be out there shooting before then. So we were shooting at five thirty, wow. which meant we had to be out there at about four or four thirty, building that cinder block wall after shooting, you know, till eight o'clock the night before. And you know, we had to bend around backwards to make sure we could make that happen. Um, but we're fortunate that the newspaper has a pretty good relationship with the community and with the schools and the coaches and the reporters have built those relationships. And um, everybody was super accommodating of us. And it took a little bit of phone tag to get everything locked down. But everybody was so excited, to, especially when I told them, I'm like, these are going to be huge. You know, this is, people are going to – you're just going to have four posters in the newspaper. And they they just ate it up and said, we want in on this, what, whatever we have to do to get there. And um, they made it – they all made it work. Well, it certainly awesome. it certainly did work. Max, do not hang up after I do our sign-off. But uh, thank you for being our last interview before we move out of this environmentally challenged photo studio <laughs> where the wind is blowing. And then we're not going to get away from the train. The new place is still going to have a train noise because I think we're technically closer to a train track at the new place. But uh, we move uh, uh, at the beginning of next week. So after we're done here, all this stuff goes into a box that we will move on Monday or Tuesday. So, but thank you very much for uh, fitting us into your schedule. Thanks for doing such great work. Um, you and I have been friends for a while, and I think that uh, that watching your stuff grow, your your you grow, and then end up now landing in this this awesome job in Florida. I I couldn't be happier for you, man. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, appreciate all the kind words, and you know, let's hope we can uh, again. All of us keep pushing the bar forward and. So we can, if we can, if we can talk, talk again in a year with our, because one of us, uh, you know, made somebody, uh, there's jaw dropped and we're doing it. We're doing it right. Exactly. I'm Todd Meisner. And I'm Todd Wilbert. And this is the last podcast from 1725th Avenue. We will fire up the gear when we get across town, folks. But thank you very much for sticking with us and subscribing and uh, sending us feedback to the podcast because we truly, truly, truly appreciate it. The Talking Pictures podcast is produced by Todd Meisner with help from Todd Welvert, Meg McLaughlin, Brian Achenbach, and Gary Crambeck. With a special thanks to Laura Frames, Randy Fisk, and Laura Anderson-Shaw. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incomputech.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog at talkingpicturespodcast.blogspot.com. Make sure you never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Talking Pictures Podcast on iTunes or Podbean. 